<laughs> no. I'm cute. And this is Bird. I'm Jewish Dave. This is Bird Rose. This is Bird Rose. So uh, we got Jason with us, Jason Harris um, from Awesome Movie Year, another All Points West show, who is starting up a new season on Wednesday, November 11th. The last time we hung out with Jason was like way back in February in Vegas. It was looking like we were going to have Bernie as our candidate. Um, Sleepy Joe was looking super sleepy. We were we were all packed in a crowded bar, shoulder to shoulder, it like felt really nice, shaking hands and giving daps and hugs, and that seems we like got real close. Yeah, seems like twenty years ago, man. Welcome, welcome back, Jason. Thank you, thank you. It's a good day to be back. And if I recall, I think you guys introduced me as local comedian last time, as if my <laughs> range is just within the city limits. But now you have to Cam- introduce camouflage, me. camouflage connoisseur. <laughs> Uh, now, well, I don't know. Are people getting to watch this? Is that what's going no, on? No, no, that'll just be an inside one for us. <laughs> yeah. But now you have to introduce me as the only comedian you know who has personally been asked by the president of the United States of America to write jokes for him. Boom, That's motherfucker. true. You are the only comedian I know that has had that happen. That, that is, is absolutely true. That is a true. unique distinction. Like, how would you approach that? I mean, I don't know about about Joe's delivery and, and, and timing. I mean, I feel like you'd have to, like, really stretch your skills as a, as a ghostwriter there. Like, uh, how would you even approach that that gig? Um, I would write, this is how I, this is dad how jokes, right? Go. Or grandpa jokes or something like that. I don't Dave, know. This is how the, right. I think Dave knows my answer. I would write the way I write. And then I'd be fired in three minutes. They'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't, which is actually how I approach a lot of stuff. We're trying too, to so. rebuild our relationships. You can't, you can't just roast every foreign leader <laughs> or, you know, Mitch McConnell constantly, but no, I would be, it would be great if it ever, if that opportunity opportunity ever came this is from the caucus uh, out here when i introduced all the candidates and and one thing about biden was like i you know he personally came up to me twice and you know brought that up about writing jokes from and i was like whether he means it or not the way he connects with you personally is you could see that was his biggest strength and yeah. i think he's a, he's really- a retail a retail politician he's one of those guys that is like the throwback he's not you know the Obama era. He's not the like more modern era. He's like that kiss babies, shake hands guy. And and they were really smart in that they, you know, set him down that path of like, oh, Trump's going here. Well, you can kind of go, you know, satellite him for a few days. You know, you go in a few days later, and then you just, you know, he, you they've already seen bad cop. You just play good cop, and like right. it it works. Right. He's so likable personally that like. Who cares if he flubs a line or two? You just want to like hug the man, you know? Right. Yeah. And even when he's fucking <laughs> up, what, what, like it's funny because he fucks up in in I would say equal measure to Donald Trump because both of them, you know, aren't the most nimble uh, public speakers, but especially at this stage in their respective careers. But with Trump, like it, you kind of are having a little taking a little Schadenfreude in it. You're like, yeah, okay, yeah, fuck you. You can't even say the word um china and yeah but with biden it's like you're you're rooting for the guy you're like come on man you can do this you can figure this out get get through that word you know get get the right son's name you know you can do it i know that you can do it well it's also sometimes he's messing like or he stumbles but he'll be stumbling on like you know and this is why climate change is real and it's like yeah i'll take those stumbles because you're talking about (laughs) science and how important it is and things like that as opposed to just yelling random QAnon, you know stupid theories so forget it like yeah there's not a comparison beyond the actual bumbling of words sometimes so dave you're fresh back from um from a little vacation that you took uh you were you did the smart thing you got out of town you got the fuck mm-hmm. out of Dodge while um, the election was going on. Uh, what, uh, I don't know, what's your, we, we haven't heard your, I've already done like two episodes since the, since the election and you weren't involved in either of them. What, um, I know. What, I, what, my, like, my podcast app, it kept popping up, New Bird Road. I was like, what, what's happening? Like, wait, what, what? That's my show. Um, <laughs> well, what do you, what do you think, man? I mean, like we've talked so much for the last 
three and a half years doing this podcast and about the way that uh, Jason, I want to hear, hear from you too on this, obviously, but like the way things shook out. It's funny because I just want to put this out there. Like people were shitting on the pollsters and pollsters deserve to be shitted on, shat on because I live here in Florida and they fucking blew Florida. But like they're pretty close now with the way that things are shaking out. It's going to look like the fucking polls were correct the whole time about Nevada. Um, I don't know mm. what was we've already been texting a little bit about this, but like tell me what, what 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 your overall takeaway is as Nevada continues to count its like last seven or eight votes, however many you guys have left well, up there. My my overall takeaway was just surprise at just how big of a win it looks like it's going to end up being yeah. when when all all is said and done. I mean, obviously this is I don't know I'm not sure if any election of our lifetime is spread out this long, has it? it I, I, no, I no, no. I, well, I mean, like unless you. you count 2000, right? I yeah. mean, like 2000, but that all hinged on one very specific thing. It, it's yeah. specifically in Florida and South Florida. Um, this yeah. is, you know, it's funny because like people talk about how weird this is. And I mean, like, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a pandemic. We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. A whole bunch of people um, yeah. used mail. It was going to be weird. Yeah. And they leveraged mail-in voting. And if you look, most years, the certification in most states don't ha- doesn't happen until weeks later. It's just that the numbers start to tell you, like, oh, okay, well, right. obviously, the, this is the way that it's breaking down. Media makes a call, and most people, you know, in normal times, just, just kind of go with it. And uh, you know, Which is funny because Trump keeps saying, like, oh, I didn't know the media is who, uh, you know, tells us who's president. But, yeah, that is well, what happens every that? election day. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like every – obviously, like – uh, it's nice that he's starting to like, you know, his team is doing press conferences outside of landscaping companies next to porn theaters. <laughs> That's fantastic. But like, it's nice that people, at least a few people are like, we don't have to listen to this anymore. Like whose fault is it guy that you don't know that stuff? Whose fault is it that you told your voters not to use the mail-in ballots? Not that it would have mattered anyway. Right. But it's mm-hmm. like, there is something sweet to the idea that so many mail-in ballots beat him by such a large margin. And the reason that so many mail-in ballots had to be used is because of how horribly he handled the pandemic. And yep. mm-hmm. the scary flip side of that is 70 million people were like, Ooh, it's fine. Yeah, this is the worst yeah. thing that's ever, you know, happened in our <laughs> lifetime. And this guy fumbled it beyond all belief, but uh, whatever, I'm still racist enough to vote for him. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not racist, but the racism doesn't bother me that much. Uh, you know, I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, like you bring up the pandemic, and I'll tell you, man, I've had like a 180 in my thinking on that. I was thinking a few days ago that, and Dave, I think you and I again were texting about this. I was saying like, um, goddamn, I mean, it's it's horrible. It's the worst thing that's happened to the country and the world in a really long time. But like, but in one way, we should be thankful because. The way that the economy was humming and the way that people were sort of in their like cognitive bubbles around January or February, I don't know if uh, Joe Biden beats Donald Trump if without the. But mm-hmm. I've come around on that. I don't think I, I. I think that I was wrong, and here's why. Trump benefited from a bump in the anti-mask movement. In the, I, I mm-hmm. know people. I have cousins. I, I have like friends who moved into the Trump camp over the last seven months because. Of the whole like masks don't work, you know. And Why these are, are you people still who friends are, with these people? I mean, like some I'm blood related to. There's only so much I can do. I mean, I'm not <laughs> still don't have, <laughs> to, don't be have friends to be with their them. friends. Like that no, the mute button is your friend. The mute button is a better friend than they are. But like, mm-hmm. I, it's just like I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't have any Trump supporting people literally in my life. That would be crazy. I don't want to get sick. <laughs> like I literally don't want to get sick. But. It, it, it's it's crazy. Because, I don't know. What do you guys think? Because I, I've I, I did a 180 on that one where I was like, oh yeah, he wouldn't have won if it wasn't. Thank God for coronavirus because if it wasn't for that, you know, the economy would have just been humming along. But I mean, down here in Florida, he got a bump, man. People were ready by mid June to pretend that coronavirus didn't exist. And the fact that mayors, a lot of them down here were Republicans, and governors, our governor is Republican, were continuing. Um, you know the safeguards pissed them off and rallied them to the to, to Trump's side, um, which fuck man, that's just like a, a triple bank shot of stupid. I don't I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I think it's shameful and um, it's going to be a blight on 
all of their records, uh, you know, everyone who didn't take this seriously and they can say whatever they want, but they didn't take it seriously and they cost American lives and a lot of American lives. <laughs> and, you know, these people who are yelling, oh, well, we need the economy back. Well, guess what? The economy is not coming back until we fix this thing. Right. And that's the thing that I don't understand that they didn't understand, you know, and Dave and I, we live in Vegas. I mean, you live in Miami. These are tourist towns, right? Yeah. You know, right. my buddy the other day was like, Hey, I got tons of miles. I'll, I'll fly you somewhere. Let's go on a trip, like free trip. I'm like, no, I don't want to go do that right now. I'll drive with you into Mesquite or something like that an hour outside. <clears throat> so yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, Oh, definitely. Like it, it put a focus for the people who wanted it to be in focus. Like, Hey, you're the president. Every president deals with some type of major world event and you blew it more than any human being in the history of blowing things, right? You know, yeah. that's fine. But in the, but if you saw yesterday, it was it was weird. Like when Biden won, right? You saw you saw what was going on in all those cities. It, you know, there I was not. I, I thought I felt guilty about it at first, but then I started hearing the comparisons. I was like, this is what it feels like when a dictator gets toppled, right? And yeah. that's what that's what a lot of, yeah. you know, kind of analysts were saying, like, this looks like, you know, when a dictator gets removed. And that's what it felt like. So would Biden have won? I think there was enough people who know that, the you know, what, whatever, you know, the market was good, but that doesn't mean wages were going up. And no, and inequality the, was blowing up too. I mean, right. it, things were worse for a lot of people. A lot of people were doing gigs and shit like that. We're like right. driving Uber. Right. And a lot of the economy, as we know, came from about, you know, Obama policies, but that's fine. Like you can take whatever credit you want. You had a chance with the virus to show what you could do and you showed exactly what you could do. So to me, it's like, I think people more than that, it was like, what is the American spirit? What do we stand for anymore? Who are we? You know, what will we tolerate? What do we want the rest of the world to think about us? And like, that was, that's what I think really came through in these last few days. So, and with all those votes. So I don't know. I think I, I didn't think Biden was going to win. And then after he won, I was like, I was not only thrilled, elated, whatever. I just like, I was like, I get it. I get this now. Cause I saw everyone's reaction and it was the same reaction I had, which was, you know, the monster is going bye-bye. Right. Mm -hmm. Dave, would Bernie have won? That is that that's kind of the big question for this podcast, I guess. Yeah, right. Cause no, we're that's all why I'm posing Bernie it to you. Uh, Cause you, yeah. you were the one that originally sung the praises of Bernie Sanders to uh neophyte liberal me like five, six years ago. <laughs> and really by was, proxy huh? through your girlfriend, but um, yeah. Now uh, wife. So now wife. Right. My wife. My wife. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I don't know if he would have. But the the thing is, the funny thing though is the biggest uh uh you know mark against him would have been the whole socialist thing, and they use that against Biden anyway. So right. maybe noted he socialist Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and I think. At least people are starting to see through that. I say that now, but like, don't get me wrong. In the last few days, I've had enough Trumpers on my Facebook being like, wow, Democrats were counting votes in buildings without windows. And it's like, okay, yeah. just think about the organizational skill that they would have needed to make that happen. And the, yeah, when have Democrats ever shown that kind of adeptness? That is like to be able to put on so, that kind of so a ridiculous, fucking but I know, I know it's a podcast and you got to go over these things like would Bernie have won and Blah, blah, blah. And I'm a, you know, I've been a Bernie guy since day one. And I, I mean, that's, that was my guy in the primary, whatever. And it and was definitely my guy in 2016. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm to this point now where it's like, uh, I think Bernie's influence is going to be felt no matter what we've seen that. And honestly, right, like right. we, I can't worry or look at would he have won, could he have won, should he have won. I'm so fucking happy that joe biden won like that's so crazy that's yeah. all that matters to me right now do you know what i mean like i can't worry yeah. about who's perfect or who my favorite is we needed the the bad guy out and the bad guys out i think yeah. we have 
a few a little bit of a grace period even though like you alluded to there's some bickering already going back and forth about like who was too socialist or who wasn't socialist enough or who was too far to the left and who you know didn't fight these attacks and shit like that and we're going to be getting over the course of the next few weeks we're going to be getting into that a lot on this show because miami's ground zero for that shit like this is the place where we have 10,000 10 to 15,000 super angry members of the cuban exile community that show up in the streets they represent less than a tenth of a point of percentage of population here in our city because this is a 2.7 million person you know enormous metropolitan area this is a small loud angry minority that show up and they affect the discourse they make it say like they make it seem like oh see you talk about socialism too much you talk about these progressive things and defund the police and all this shit can't say that down here in miami and it's like yeah motherfucker we just passed a 15 dollars minimum wage here like two years ago mm. we we re-enfranchised felons two years before that we fucking um we legalized gay marriage or no four years before that we legalized gay marriage before any other states in the South. This is a pretty fucking progressive state. And it gets shit on. Miami is super progressive. And it gets shit on because of these loud voices. Oh, yeah. You guys but are horrible. I, yeah. <laughs> I know you're defending hey, Florida. I've lived, like, I've, lived in, I've lived in both places. And let me tell you, man. It's not that different. There's no you, there's, you there's, can there's, say The that? difference between Vegas and, and Miami is, I, politically at least, is like... Very little. Maybe a few libertarians here and there, but mostly right. it's the same fucking thing. But statewide, like, we're doing way better than you as uh, not having our head <laughs> up our ass. Like, I mean, when was the last well, time not... Florida offered anything of value besides Florida man, you know, gets eaten by alligator because he thought he could take alligator's tooth out by hand or something like that? <laughs> Wait. Which are fun. Uh, we, we're, we're known these days for our imports of... Um, uh, New England area quarterbacks, but that's pretty much it. I mean, at the time like, of this recording, he's losing like thirty-five nothing at halftime right now. Yeah, he's getting spanked. That's why it's like kind of top of mind right now. Dave has no idea what we're talking about. He's no, just like, uh, uh, not not a clue. Uh, you know, um, you, you brought up the Cubans. It's interesting to me that the Cuban vote, um, and thank goodness it wasn't, was not predictive of the Latino vote in the Southwest. No, and it's it's anywhere. It's not. It's a complete outlier. It doesn't. It doesn't represent fucking anything as far as the 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 Cuban experience is a completely unique fucking thing that holds no relevance to the larger world of. of Isn't that funny though? All. They still are like, well, the Cubans voted this way, so all Latinos must gonna you know vote. This. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love where it's like, oh well, you know, if it wasn't if 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 only Joe Biden had done something to stop like uh, Black Lives Matter um, protests, then those Cubans definitely would have voted for him. But that 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 was the that was the deal breaker. The, yeah, it's those motherfuckers weren't gonna vote for him. He could have. He he could have uh, stolen Elian Gonzalez back from Cuba, and it, they weren't they wouldn't have fucking voted for him. Dude. Uh, it was no, it wasn't gonna fucking happen. I don't know why. I don't know. You know, maybe they had fond memories of dictators, or you know, no, no offense, but uh, it was just well. Like... The 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 thing about Miami is like we're an event city, an event place. We get swept up in stupid shit. We like. I used the example when I was talking with our last guest the other day um, about like Mar F Florida Marlins games, right? You go to a Marlins game third week of the regular season and there's like nobody there. And then you go to a Marlins game if they happen to every now and then, like once every seven or eight years, be in the wild card chase, sold out. Donald Trump is the Marlins being in the wild card chase. And this town responds to that kind of shit. They respond to eventized things. They're most fair weather people on the planet. They have the attention spans of fucking ants. And it, he's a candidate that was tailor made for them. Like the, the, the fucking rally that I got caught in in traffic the other day, three days before the election on Sunday. Holy shit. It was the, like I said before, it was the biggest non Bernie political thing that I've ever been near. This rally was uh, like 20,000 motherfuckers in F 150s with like 20 foot tall um uh vinyl flags and shit like that and i've never seen energy other than like you know at a bernie event i've never seen energy like that and uh i i don't know that's the shit that how do you even fix that that's not even political ideology that has nothing to do with politics that's just people getting swept up and fucking going out they want to barbecue 
They want to get the fuck out of their house. They want the guy that's telling them it's okay to do that. Go party and, you know, come party at my rally. It's I think Jason shared a uh, a funny post the other day about uh, at least I'm not going to be like wearing the president's name on my shirt for the next four years or something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that reminds me of that. Perfect. Perfect. You know, and this kind of you, you bring up a good point though. It like it kind of when when the virus started out here, I and I think I told this to Dave. I definitely told it to like anyone who would listen. I I said like this is not going to go well in America. You know, obviously the leadership wasn't going to have it go well because they didn't set any example, but Americans, I'm sorry. We were all literally exactly what I, you know, could, what I predicted, you know, not that I'm this great predictor, but it's like, yeah, we're too selfish, dude. We need Applebee's and haircuts. Like these are the same people. My grandfather did this. My, My grandfather was in the trenches and it's like, yeah, and look at how you're respecting him now. Look at what you're offering back to him. We uh, we got a lot of work to do on our character. And, like, I know what you mean. Like, how do you get these people back when they're like, I just want to go out and do this. And it's like, you know, like, I don't know. Biden said all the right things so far. But it doesn't matter. There's already the impeached Biden people. And it's like, right. You know what? You lost. You know, it's and they like, haven't even and they haven't even accepted that they lost yet, and yeah. they're already moving towards. And nor will they. Nor will they. They've already. You know, this is already. Right. Uh, you know, I've oh, hundred and thirty thousand votes overnight, and not one came in for Trump. And it's like you're not even talking with any type of factual basis at all. Shame on you for still doing this at this point in time. Like you're not a human being anymore. Stop it. But it's crazy, man. Like I, it, it's. Probably the, the the toughest thing about it is how like expected it is that that the that the cognitive dissonance is going to be like is going to allow them to sort of tell that tale and probably believe it forever in their own minds. Like it's I don't know, man. I heard a, I heard a guy talking about um, how you deprogram. Like it's funny because you just posted member. something about this. Yeah, yeah. How you deprogram a cult member, and I, I saw your post. I was going to say something about it because I actually just heard an interview with this guy a few weeks ago about the specific danger of QAnon, right? Because with most cults, there's this modality where, okay, you have to fit like this specific way to fit into the modality of that cult. But QAnon is a universal modality. Whatever thing you've got crackling around in your head there's a QAnon for it. Like if you're, you know, a child rapist, you know, trying to trying to hunt down the pedophile guy. If you're a Trump is the next coming of God guy. If you're a deep state guy, whatever weird shit you've got going on, they've got a flavor of it for you. And they all sort of come together on, under this like loose tent. And it, it, he was talking about, again, this, this, this um, deprogramming expert was like, I don't know how we're going to deal with with any of this shit over the next 10 years. Cause just cause the guy loses doesn't mean it's going to get smaller. It's probably going to get bigger, which I just is- hope that I, I hope with Trump not being president, it's almost like cutting off the head in a way, even though there isn't a head obviously, but at least they won't be hearing it from, you know, the guy all the time. And maybe that'll help a little and bit. The Repo- That's the only thing. Yeah. What do the Republicans do? You know, because like, I'm sure they're already like, oh, do we have to worry about him in 2024? Do we have to worry about Don Jr. in 2024? It'll be interesting to see what they do. Meanwhile, like, as a Democrat, I feel great right now. I don't, you know, Biden did awesome. Kamala so far, great. And I'm not a Kamala fan, but she said all the right things so far. Stacey Abrams, MVP. You know what I mean? Like, there's good young blood ideas and if the democrats can actually coalesce like this they they represent america way more so if they you know if they can just get those messages right you know then good will conquer evil and love will find a way (laughs) so that's a good segue i want to just iso here for a second and give you guys some facts and just with with that came out of this election and get your reaction to it because I, I, I did a little bit of, you know, math to try to figure out where this election stands in terms of, like, you know, historical numbers. 
because yesterday Trump had tweeted out that he'd gotten the most legal votes of a sitting president ever with 71 million. Which he means, what he means by legal votes, he's setting down this sort of like rhetoric to for future, what I don't think they're going to go anywhere, but these like future lawsuits. So he's trying to like say non-mail-in ballot, you know, votes or whatever. But that right. kind of got me thinking a little bit, right? So I looked it up. Biden is on pace. He's probably going to get when California comes in 78 million votes. That's more than Hillary. That's more than Obama ever got. That's more than Bill Clinton got. That's more than Ronald Reagan ever got. It's the most votes in U.S. history. So um, more than a million Americans have run for public office in this country over our 250 years. And Joe Biden got more votes than any of them. Wow. Think that, Think about this. In India, they have a representative democracy, right? Electors vote for the prime minister and the president. And then the uh, they don't vote for the prime minister or the president. They, the, they vote in their representatives who then go vote. Um, and then that's only in the last 80 years. Before that, they were under British rule. Uh, they don't actually vote for like Narendra Modi or whatever. And in China, there's nothing resembling democracy. And those are the only two countries with larger populations in the United States. So what's that mean? That means that Joe Biden has earned more votes in a single election than not just any American candidate, but more votes than any human being in the history of democracy in the planet, going back to like Athens 2,500 years ago. And I think that's fucking incredible. That's unbelievable. All through the primary, as he kept beating Bernie, I was like, where is this guy's fucking votes? Where are his supporters? Where are they? And God damn, man, right there. That's an enormous, enormous accomplishment. More people pulled a lever for Joe Biden than anybody has ever done in the history of democracy. That's unbelievable. So two, That's insane. two points about that. One, I mean, in the same way that the Clinton uh, campaign with Carville, um, you know, and then the Obama campaign was studied, you know, this will be studied as like a really amazing campaign that they ran, you know, and sadly the Trump campaign in 2016, you know, also going to be studied for effectiveness, yeah. if not, you know, right. uh, fascist <laughs> uh, tactics or whatnot, you know, but I get it, but that's fine. But the, but this campaign will and should be studied one and you're saying like Biden got more votes. Absolutely true. But also when you say that, I'm like, you know what got the votes? Democracy. Like the the idea of goodness. Because Biden didn't right. stir, you know, as he said, like this is a battle for the soul of the country, right? He didn't stir up those uh, emotions that Obama did or Clinton did, right? This was really that. This yeah. was that battle. And I don't think I, uh, it was so weird if I can make this like a personal uh, anecdote here, like I cried more yesterday than I could remember in the last few years. It was like a breakthrough in therapy. It was like a catharsis of some type. <laughs> and like, I, I guess I didn't realize how many of those emotions I was holding on to from 2016 to now, whether it was anger or fear or disappointment and not, not recognizing the country that we grew up in, not recognizing the messaging, not recognizing what we had to offer to the world. And I mean, you know, Q, I know you got kids. I got kids. My kids and your kids, uh, my daughter and your kids have similar skin tones to Kamala Harris, right? You know, uh, whatever the backgrounds are, like just having that, you know, my daughter came today, she's seven the first woman vice president. I was like, yeah. And she kind of looks kind of like you, doesn't she? Right. You know, little <laughs> things like that beyond the most important things or, or equally as important things, climate change, you know, pandemic policy, that's all matters so much. This, like he said, was the battle for the soul of the nation. And that's what finally happened yesterday. I was just like the breakdown for me, like, God damn it. This is fucking America. This is what we're supposed to be. And I mean, oh, yeah. the country, the last four years, man, like, and I think about what you guys have been through. It, I mean, like things have happened in South Florida too, but specifically in Las Vegas. And I know that that, you know, it's still a mystery what precipitated the Vegas shooting in terms of this, this, this psychopath whose name I don't even want to like repeat, but there has been a huge spate of political violence and right-wing violence across the country. Um, the Vegas shooting happened. And I know that that really like kind of tore at the fabric of of the city and the and and 
you know, the whole area. And it all felt like part of this one big, and again, I want to say like, we still don't know why that guy did that based on what I've heard. At least we don't know why that guy did that, but it felt like it was still part and parcel with this dark chapter, this bad time, this like shitty where things like that would happen. And yeah, I mean, it must've felt cathartic, especially for, you know, people in places like Las Vegas and people in places like, you know, uh, like, um, like El Paso, Texas and, and in places like Pittsburgh where these things have happened. And, and like, uh, for a lot of us, we feel it. Like it's just this sort of disembodied feeling that you've had for the last four years from November 7th in 2016, when you were like, Oh shit, wait, he won. How the fuck did he win? How did that happen? Until like this escalating tension of like, what happened in Pittsburgh? What happened in Vegas? Wait, you're telling me that 20, 20 people were murdered in a fucking Walmart? Like all of this stuff was just like compounding. And I'm not, I'm, I believe in harm reduction. I, I think that Joe, Joe Biden is obviously way better than Donald Trump. And we're going to need to hold as progressives his feet to the fire, which is like such a loaded phrase these days. Because like, what the fuck does that mean? But still, there's catharsis and there's like, uh, you know, a little bit of in a positive way air being let out of a balloon i don't know dave what do you think there's anything to that sure i mean it I, another thing though just to like to add on to it what you guys are saying it's also pretty great uh that a, a big chunk of our basically like southwest to west coast style going blue uh, a section of the country going blue was was really nice to see i mean you know we were in arizona during during the actual election day and seeing them go blue and nevada and like it's just it was great just because you always think of this as being you know basically part of the whole middle of nowhere that's going to be filled with a lot of red but uh it's great that it's changing a little bit nevada i think is a blue state for you know i know it's a purple state but yeah, sure. we've been blue for you know a while Arizona. somebody somebody called nevada somebody called nevada the texas of the right because liberals and democrats are always thinking like oh we're just this close to getting texas to turn blue and republicans are always like oh we're just this close to getting nevada to turn red and yeah, you're right. In recent history, it hasn't been happening. Yeah. Right. Arizona, that's a big one. I, I was, I mean, you know, but we are seeing a lot of interesting progressive movement. Hey, there's a astronaut now representing Senate in Arizona. How cool is that? You know, it's like, I'm, I was shocked. Arizona is like, I mean, you know, what, you put that up there, maybe not as shocking as Georgia, but like Arizona is Michigan and Wisconsin level you know, like, wow, he really, yeah. really made some impressions on people. And we're seeing a younger, more um, uh, diverse demographic finally have a say, like, you know, they pick their old white guy, not just the old white guy they were told to pick. So, right. right. Yeah. Arizona, I came out of left field for me. I actually expected Georgia a little bit more because, um, you know, when the uh, Fair Fight Pack, it's not a pack actually, it's like a political organization, but not technically a pack. Stacey Abrams, you know, outfit. When she launched that, um, it was focused on Georgia, but she launched it in concert with um, Andrew Gillum, who at that point had just lost uh, the gubernator his gubernatorial race down here in Florida, and they were hand in hand, supposed to, you know, flip F Georgia and Florida at the same time. Gillum, for reasons that are way too sorted and myriad to get into right now his shit fell apart like and obviously it reflected on election day right all that money that that he put together and that uh that, that he ended up spending on his own legal fees um you know give her give her credit abrams you know got the result that she was looking for way less likely way less likely a of a result flipping uh georgia blue that's a huge failure if and by the way the narrative coming out of this fucking election is very negative towards Democrats, and I'm the first one to criticize and to and to, to shit on Democrats when they deserve it, and specifically the Florida Democrat State Party. But, yo, if if the Republicans don't have to answer for losing Georgia in the way that like Hillary and the Democrats and the concept of so of of liberalism and the concept of progressivism, the way that we had to eat shit for losing Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan four years ago, 
Like, what assholes? How could they lose that? That was such an easy pickup for them. That's their firewall. You motherfuckers lost Georgia. You mother. <laughs> have you ever seen The Sound of Music? You guys lost Georgia. Like, oh, wait, was that Sound of Music? Yeah, you're, was that you're, when it burned you, down Georgia? The Sound of Music is in Europe and like the. That's in Switzerland. Switzerland. What's the one, what's the, what's the <laughs> one where they burned Gone down Georgia? The or where they burned down Atlanta? Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. I think. Gone with the Wind. That's yeah, what I meant. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? Same. I'm going to keep it in. Fuck it. Sound of Music didn't, was not at the time of the Nazis. <laughs> Those are the Von Traps. That was yeah, a wonderful movie, they were running by from the, the Nazis, so like, it wasn't that different. Oh, yeah. There's some analog there. So. Check out next season of Awesome Movie yeah. here when we cover it. Um, Georgia's a big deal. I mean, you know, that demographic's changing. Uh, there's some good young Democrats, and those Senate races are going to be uh, really interesting. But what it really comes back to is like, fuck you, Kemp. Fuck you. You yeah. stole an election and you got your ass handed to you because of it. I've never necessarily seen that where the rightful winner who had it stolen from her just was like, all right, two years from now, we'll see what happens, motherfucker. And she just yeah. blazed him. <laughs> like she, she unbelievable what Stacey Abrams did. And she was originally who I wanted Biden to pick as a VP. Um, but yeah. I couldn't, I don't think it could have worked out any better there like like you said democrats can get whatever crap they want like what more could you want after this you know especially like they have a chance to take the senate they have the house like you know what i mean like you can't ask for much more dude so it reminds me a lot of 2018 where again the narrative was like shitting on dems we were supposed to have this big blue wave and it didn't on election night at least it was like it didn't happen and then slowly i don't know if you guys remember this but like over the course of like the first few days, they're like, oh, actually, the Democrats picked up a couple more seats than we thought. And, and then it's like, Arizona oh, wait, too. they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, and oh, actually, you know what? They picked up like 15 seats more than we thought. And then it's like, oh, never mind. It was a blue wave. The Democrats picked up 35 fucking seats. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a delayed reaction like that for for it to sink into the like to, to, to the like national understanding. Well, Trump didn't win the popular vote last time. Like the Electoral co- College is another garbage issue that, you know, I wish we could move on from, but like he didn't win the popular vote and he got crushed in the popular vote this time. Right. So it's like, what is the will of the people? What are, what is the real will of the people? It's not xenophobia and diversiveness and, you know, treating illegal immigrants like less, like they're less than human and, you know, not uplifting the less fortunate. It's, it's not that. And, you know, guys like McConnell and Graham, like, they're the they're equally as horrible and the one great thing about biden beyond what we've said is like he knows how to work with those guys and they're they're dirty snakes who will do whatever they have to do to stay relevant or in power so you know he's kind of got them by the the little little balls that they have the saggy balls that mcconnell's wife and graham's roommate want no part of anymore (laughs) graham's roommate i will say one of my big disappointments though was like some of these Senate races that got so much cash pumped into them. And I feel like it was just this sort of revolving door for, um, for consultants and for, you know, for, for contractors and agencies and, um, you know, media shops to just kind of like, I mean, like some of these races, Senate races, they were raising 60, $70 million. These incredible. And the, the Democrats like, you know, God bless them. But like, they were they lost by 20 25 points in some of these races and it's just like what could that money have done you know i i, I mean i want to beat mitch mcconnell in kentucky more than anybody uh, just as much as anybody but like i don't know man it, I, I feel like it goes back to sort of those misplaced priorities and it's i guess a conversation for later down the road when you know the the hangover of trump actually being defeated is gone but um like yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like there's a there's a lot of shit that that didn't go down right, and I am not sure if everybody's really talking about the right stuff though. I don't know. Did, did did any of you guys? You didn't have a senator up this year. Neither did um, neither did Florida. But uh, they've already launched like this big effort to um to retire Marco in uh, 2022, which is great. We need to get rid of Bye. that fucking clown. Bye. But um, I don't know. Did you guys know, pay any attention to any of the Senate races or no? Well, obviously we wanted McConnell to lose and Graham to lose, but you know those are nearly impossible tasks where they are. 
So, I mean, I was happy Kelly won in Arizona. Obviously, the Georgia things are great, you know. So, um, we'll see. I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'm too optimistic right now, but, like, the weight has been lifted. And it just feels yeah. nice to be able to feel American again. I will get dragged and made fun of by DSA friends. But I don't care because I will say this. This might be the only situation where in places like Las Vegas that provided a narrow, narrow, narrow win that's widening every day, but, and uh, you know, proved to be a loyal place. And places like Miami where, you know, there was a big loss in, um, in support versus four years ago, versus eight years ago, versus 12 years ago. I think that there's an opportunity to, to actually be heard and to actually make a difference as a progressive uh, to a more mainstream democratic, um, you know, uh, uh, apparatus, like to actually let, let the voice be heard and say, Hey, like maybe let us take a crack at trying to turn out voters down here because what your guys are doing, sending 85 text messages a day from 85 different organizations, that shit isn't working. Sending Mm -hmm. expensive glossy mailers to our, to the house of two people in their like early forties who just take that shit and throw it in the trash. That shit isn't working. Like, like maybe let us try to, you know, take another crack at that because it, it isn't working. Jason, you mentioned raw numbers about Trump. I pulled another raw number that I wanted to run by you guys. Um, 78 million votes for Biden, right? 3 million for the libertarian candidate, Joe Jorgensen, uh, and other third parties when you combine them together. Add that to 66 million votes for Clinton from four years ago. And four years ago, there were 6 million third party votes, right? That's 152 million votes against one man over the course of four years. That's unbelievable. Our population as a country is going to start declining, most people say, most anthropologists and scientists say, by 2060, which isn't really that far away. That, I think, is going to stand as the single biggest rebuke of an individual in human history. 152 million people voting against you, saying, look I at don't the want guy. you. Right. And like, I know. The it damage is crazy done, that he has right? the support. The damage is <laughs> the done. The damage is so, fucking done, man. But hey, but the damage could have been much, much worse if he had somehow pulled this one out so you know i again i'm just trying to you know, remain positive on this one man dude just hearing the word science and we got to do things about climate change like i was like oh this this is like a warm blanket on a cold winter's and i like okay. it feels so good to hear this stuff again you know and um and and it was weird because there were no lies there was no uh divisiveness thrown out there on purpose you know and right um but he was assertive and i think no rancor no like you know like just like pettiness or whatever yeah yeah Yeah. and and you know i'm as cynical as they come but like i I, just watching him talk i felt like he's actually going to do something at least about covid in in the next he's already getting like this is the little sleepy joe or blah 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 it's like dude one you can't be a politician and a vice president and you know, I mean, he had played a big hand in foreign policy for a long time, right? You can't be that guy and not know something, right? So even if he's slowing down a bit, you knew he was going to surround himself with good people. And I think right. he, like he said, the the administration is going to look like the most diverse administration that we've seen. And I hope it does. God, what did we just see this last four years? White, 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 white. You know, yeah. it was a Gap commercial or something like that. And then, um, I mean, he already said, like, yeah, we're going to have scientists lead the way on COVID. And it was like, you know, I can't, you know, that there was a Trump rally where they were, like, chanting fire Fauci. And he's like, give it a few minutes, yeah. I'll do it. And it's like, that was here you, in Miami. Crap. You know, like, <laughs> you're a garbage person. Like, and shame on all these people who have, you know, anyone who knows anything about medicine or viruses or anything Fauci's a hero you know what I mean not just for this but for what he did for AIDS and you know that research and trying to combat that pandemic in the 80s when oh I don't know there was a president who didn't seem to care because gay people were dying you know like let's give actively disinterested right I mean you know what I mean like let's, let's go back and let's 
put these people back in the place where they deserve to be as honored heroes who have much to contribute. Dude, Betsy DeVos out. We have a first lady who's a teacher. Do you know what I mean? Like it's going to be a different world this time. The, the, the uh, a thing I wanted to mention about that was uh, the Secretary of Education, because of a sort of lesser known rule that was passed not, not that long ago during the Obama administration. Um, the Secretary of Education coming in can wipe out student loan debt with literally the wave of a, of a wand or the, the swipe of a pen. Um, Joe Biden, to his credit, has already committed to wiping out 50,000 um, loans that are outstanding. Uh, the understanding is that he's going to do more of that. Um, again, I'm always like you, Dave, super cynical, mm-hmm. expect the worst and, and hope for the best and see how it comes out. But that's awesome. That's great news. That's 50,000 people yep. that are like, if you've ever worked under the fucking strain of student loan payments and the, the student loan debt, I mean, that's just an unbelievably freeing situation you know, to change your circumstance. Two points about that. One, hope for the best, expect the worst. Good Mel Brooks reference. Don't even know if you knew you were making it. 12 chair. I knew. <laughs> um, and secondly, yeah, as someone who had student loans for a while, oh, we're in a recession, we're this and that. You know how you get out of recession? You give young people disposable income. You know how they right. get disposable income? By not having to spend every free penny they have paying off interest on their loans, not even principals. Mm-hmm. It's again, you're right. you're thinking short term. All this bullshit is so selfish for short term gains, right? The way that we handled the right. p- pandemic, well, the economy. Well, hey, man, we could have started the economy. And if we knocked out this pandemic, like uh, New Zealand, like South Korea, like so many other countries, right? That are living normal right. lives again. College loans. Yeah, get rid of them. They're 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 predatory, you know, like, yeah. let's get let's be done with that. The environment, stop saying oh, the environment. Blah, blah. Look at it as an economic opportunity. Same thing with healthcare. All this stuff is progressively should be looked at as economic bastions. Like, obviously, we don't read history or enough of it in this country, but <laughs> these are all opportunities for us to move forward and advance our society yeah. and be better again. Sorry, Meliana, Mil- whatever. You are not that person. <laughs> Well, if if uh, I mean, like, she's a perfect she's a, a perfect avatar for one huge aspect of what you're talking about, which is um, the horrible way that we've handled immigration and what a huge opportunity immigration could be for us over the next however many years. Like, if we embraced immigration and you know gave some kind of decent status, preferably citizenship, to all the people who are working here already, paying taxes here already, if we uh, you know, open the doors a little bit more instead of, you know, I mean, fuck, man, I don't even know how to describe what the last four years has, has been for the world, like just the realm of xenophobia and like being scared of people who come from the global South, but it's fucking terrible. And it's, it's, it's an opportunity. Like, I mean, like I said before, a second ago, our population is going to start declining pretty soon, which is like, probably a good thing like globally we should probably have a few less people and it's great if it happens peacefully just over like as like a decided choice over time that people decide to have less kids like fine i don't want to get into all that malthusian shit but like if that happens like it's great to have more people and to have different types of people and people who can do different types of jobs man and that has not been what the what the the posture has been for the last four years it's been about Mm -hmm. i mean there's been legal there's been Thanks to Stephen Miller and this this Trump White House, there have been uh, people who are were naturalized citizens who were deported over the course of this time, and it's it's a story that like kind of gets talked about a little bit, but not that much. And that's probably I think one of the biggest landmines we avoided in a second term was what they were going to do in terms of whitening this country. Stephen Miller is is there such a thing as a domestic war criminal? Because that's what he is, right? I mean, you know, um, I mean, you know, uh, he's a horrible, horrible, you know, whatever yeah. you want to call. He, he belongs he, in the fucking Hague, right? He's yeah. Slipped. If the international, if the international criminal court didn't have specific laws against uh, 
uh, Americans being prosecuted, he would belong. Sure, he might not be Hitler, but he's Himmler, right? So he's a garbage (laughs) human being, and like if we never see him again, um, that's that's fine. Like he should be in jail for the rest of his life. So I got a little thing for our last like ten minutes or so. I wanna I wanna I put together a little game because you guys know I like to keep you guys on your toes. And um, I'm calling this game Hollywood MAGA or no MAGA. Now that we we, we, we we're gonna lose we're gonna lose some of our favorite Twitter accounts. I think that that are probably gonna like fade away into obscurity. Some of the f- more fun voices and names. This is um the celebrity edition since obviously. Again, Jason hosts uh, Awesome Movie Year, which um, is an incredible show that everybody should be listening to and is about to launch a brand new season. Uh, Jason is on Twitter, but not really that much. He's on at Jay Harris Comedy. Yeah. But you're, you're not like a super... This is why I picked you for this game. I should be better. Because what Yeah. So we're going to push you to become more... more I don't know. I feel that that's a perverse thing to say to, to try to get somebody to be on Twitter more because like, who the fuck wants that? But... Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna I'm gonna alternate between you and Dave because Dave is also Dave goes on Twitter a lot but he's very narcissistic he doesn't pay any attention to anything except his own posts yeah and he doesn't <laughs> interact with anything he just goes on there to self promote oh what, what? so fair. You know, another fair. new album out this week great Dave who cares <laughs> hey everyone True. I know it's election day but uh you know, <laughs> yeah check out Voices in the Dark or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, fuck Burning Camp for, uh, ma- for making their uh, their special promotional day th- during election week. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so there are celebrities out there that are obvious. We all know like what their political affiliations are. Um, and what I want to do is play a little game with some of the maybe less obvious ones. And I'm going to tell you, tell you some Twitter handles. And I'm going to ask you to guess whether they're MAGA or not MAGA. And uh, and then I'm going to reveal the answer with one of their more recent tweets from the last couple of days. So let's uh, let's kick it off with one that I think you guys might know, and I think you might be able to guess. Okay, so the first one is star of God, so many things, say anything, uh, you know, uh, which we covered on Awesome Movie or Season Three, 1989, yeah. first feature. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, fucking, what's the record store movie, Dave? That's like my favorite High movie. High Fidelity. High Fidelity. High Fidelity. And so many other things. At John Cusack. Okay, so let's start with you, Dave. Is at John Cusack MAGA or not MAGA? He's got a MAGA face. So oh, that's I'm a horrible guess. thing to say about a person. <laughs> I'm gonna guess. That's, a, that's so insulting. Yes, MAGA. Well, am okay. I right? Tell me. Okay, no, 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 because now we got to now, now we're gonna, He's we're gonna crazy, but he's not MAGA. He's John Cusack, not MAGA. Okay, that's right. Jason has this one right. Okay. He is not MAGA. Most recent tweet from at John Cusack. Rudy's in a bunker, not taking calls. Bill Barr, real quiet now. Nobody's been seeing Stephen Miller making an enemies list as someone measures his fucking drapes. Pompeo looking up real estate in Dubai. Lawyer up, you human scum. Justice is coming. <laughs> So that is uh, John Cusack's most. That tweet <laughs> he came came in hard. Uh, all right, so our next one. I really don't even know what the hell else he this guy was in other than Casino, but he was like the best part of Casino at Real James Woods. Oh. Okay, so th- does everybody know, know who James Wood? I, I, what, what do you think, Dave? Start with you. Yes, Maga. Okay. okay, is that your guess as well? I know he's a crazy Jason. asshole MAGA guy. Yeah. So most of the, you're both right. At Real James Woods is MAGA. And uh, and just like that, the rioting and looting has ceased overnight. And now the half of the country that pummeled America like a battered wife is telling her to put on sunglasses, hide her black eye, be a good girl, and come together as one. Her answer? Go fuck yourself. So God. that is uh, <laughs> James Woods' most recent <laughs> contribution to the... Um, to the discourse the next one is somebody who was very very important to 13 year old q a very very important celebrity who's sort of disappeared from nicole um, eggert no but really (laughs) fucking good guess damn you were close at christy swanson xo uh who of course very famously who of course very famously first played buffy the vampire slayer in the theatrical portrayal of 
what would become an iconic character down the road. Um, Dave, Christy Swanson, MAGA or no MAGA? This is the toughest one so far. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with no MAGA. Okay. Jason. I'm going to go with MAGA just because um, I like not agreeing with Dave. There you go. <laughs> Jason, you're right again. Your instincts in this ah. game are strong. Most recent Christy Swanson tweet. How could Fox News ever get behind the idea that most suburban women didn't support Trump? Almost uh, almost every ad on, or I guess advertisement she means, but she misspelled it. Almost every ad on Fox News is geared toward their viewer. Pillows, sheets, towels, visiting angels, exercise bikes, a place for mom, vitamins, touch. She just keeps naming ads of things. Is it one of those thread tweets? <laughs> She's just looking around the room. <laughs> like it's an anchor man. She's purchased. She's looking at her consumer decisions from the last month. Do you, do you really love Lamb? Or are you just saying that I love Lamb? I feel like you're just looking around the room and saying that you love things that you see. <laughs> um, this one, uh, fellow comic, just like uh, j- just like our, our guest today. Um, this one might be an easy one, but I, I, I picked him more because of the, I wanted to be able to read the tweet. Uh, and this is at Patton Oswalt. Not Matt. Yeah. He's, obviously. we love Patton Oswalt. He's great. Yeah, that's right. Patton Oswalt, very clearly not MAGA. Most recent tweet, let the history books note the dildo shop next to the Trump campaign's presser had better COVID protocols than the Trump White House. <laughs> and it came with a picture, a picture of the like, wash your hands, like wear a mask if you're coming into this porn shop. So <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> the history book should show that. This one is a little bit of a multimedia. Um, you know, I'm going to show my skills as a uh, live producer right now. Uh, star of fucking what, man? Ray Donovan. Midnight Cowboy, uh, Crazy John Voight, Nightmares, John Voight, Dave, you go first. MAGA, no MAGA. Definitely, definitely MAGA. Yeah, he's a super right wing. Uh, man, John Voight was a great actor, but huge dickhole beyond that, yeah. I think. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we're gonna we're gonna pull something right now. Now John doesn't doesn't really do a lot of writing, but. He does post videos with single word, um, single word titles. So I'm going to share this one with you guys right now. Hang on. All right. So this is John Voight. Name of the video, Evil. Biden is evil. Trump must win. He's real. He will bring back the people's trust. These leftists are not for the American people. It's the biggest cover-up ever. Biden is an extension of the policies of Obama that weakened America, and we cannot let that happen again. The left are deceitful and have lied to the American people. They have stripped down her mighty powers for their own ego of power to rule the nation's economy. He's MAGA. Um, Obviously. All right. (laughs) This one's a, a, a little a little harder. Uh, star of a, a bunch of B movies, but most well known in our hearts as being uh, Ma- the titular Malcolm and Malcolm in the Middle, Frankie Muniz. You know what? I'm totally mm. gonna say not MAGA because he he. You know why he can't be MAGA? Because he asked Lizzo if he could shoot a shot with her. There's no way that someone who has a crush on Lizzo <laughs> is also uh, Trumpian. That's Dave, what do you point. think? Yeah, I, I, you know, I can't say anything but not MAGA after that little factoid. So, okay, you're both wrong. What? He is actually MAGA. Yes, <laughs> but interestingly enough, he's very famously MAGA over the last five years. Um, but interestingly enough, he's deleted all of his Trump tweets. So the um the the tweet that I found of his that is the most funny that I just from the last couple of days that I wanted to um, bring up, and it's so funny you mention it. Jason, because he has a habit of just reaching out to famous people and asking to be on their shows on Twitter, and none of them seem to respond. And he asks to perform with a lot of people and do things. So uh, he tweeted at one of the Property Brothers the other day, and he said, 
Hey, at Mr. Drew Scott, who is a, one of the property brothers, he says, want to build me and my wife's dream house? It'd be a Christmas miracle for us. <laughs> Which just seems so sad to me. I feel that's terrible. It hurts so bad to think that that's something that's happening. He's MAGA, but yet he's asking for a handout. What a what a shock. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, Interesting. Right. I'm glad Lizzo didn't let him shoot a shot. You know. <laughs> Although he was like, uh, I'll, I, wasn't he like, I'll let you, uh, I think he was like, I'll let you just put a leash on me and I'll be your dog or something like that. And it was like, it was something Christ, very Roger Stone-ish or something. <laughs> he probably thought it was a DM or something. Um, That's really upsetting. <laughs> he's still the same size. He looks like he's still about five feet tall, maybe uh, 130 pounds. He apparently gets in lots of accidents. And gets hit by cars a lot, and is always like cutting, having home accidents. He has lots of tweets about like, ah, oh, I I just fell out of bed, I, I broke my arm, and it's just, like he's constantly hurting himself. I'll say this: it seems like it would be a good David Spade character. I will uh, <laughs> if we ever cover Agent Cody Banks on Awesome Movie Year. Oh, fucking Agent Cody <laughs> he Banks! Could be a I guess. about that. <laughs> Poor Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, I got three more for you guys. At Kirstie Alley, Maga. I guess most well known for yeah, totally. Okay. So is, is, is that one popular enough now that, that everybody one, knew that she's I Maga? think kind of went just big recently a she carried yeah. herself or something like that. So. Yeah, that's right. She had now she had disavowed Trump in 2016 when the Access Hollywood tape came out. She was super she uh, back on talented too back in the day. Kirstie Alley. Yeah, so. still I'm still a Shelley Long guy, but yeah, Kirstie Alley was was, was hey man was good. to come in after Shelley Long and perform at that high of a level for you know to keep the show going for as long as it went and you know to be a vital cog in that wheel that that took some skill well Shelley Long yeah. was only there a couple of years right and then Kirstie Alley was Kirstie Alley was the one that was there for the most right most but time, the right? the Sam and Diane no one thinks about that Sam became and the shorthand yeah so. nope nope good point uh see that's why we have you on for that kind of astute uh you know Pop He's culture good. analysis. Yeah. I like it. He's good. Yeah, all um, the political stuff I said today is just garbage. No, that's just a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's going to end up on the cutting room floor. Don't worry. This is the only part that's getting put out. Um, our future depends on what we do here and now. It's so much bigger than a presidency. Presidents come and go. We remain. Uh, this is a long tweet. Will the will they remain? Uh, our children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren remain. Will they remain in a country dep- in a corrupt, depraved country? And be dominated by deception and coercion, hold the line. So Kirstie Alley is still on Team Trump. Um, She's also a Scientologist, Dave, right? Is she? I think I, you might be I'm right. Without doing any research, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, this one's for you. Okay. Mickey Rourke. Mm. MAGA or no MAGA? I'm going to go with no MAGA against my better judgment. Can I jump in? Okay. Uh, so as Dave knows, I'm a Springsteen super fan. Mickey Rourke, mm-hmm. also a Springsteen super fan. So I'm going to say because of the respect of the working man, he's no MAGA. But if he turns out to be MAGA, I could be like, yeah, I guess Chris Christie's one of those idiots, you know, too, who's been to like 100 concerts. <laughs> right. But I'm going to say no MAGA because I've heard him talk about Springsteen and the way he gets Mickey Rourke gets into character with like this kind of blue collar feel. That's where I'm going with it. So not only are both of you right, Mickey Rourke is the most virulently anti-MAGA person on this entire yeah. list. We love a Mickey Rourke. bunch of very, very short, just like over the course of many years, a bunch of just short, but directly to the point, uh, posts directed at real donald trump the biggest scumbag on the planet you're a bully and a bitch fuck you i'll knock you out <laughs> just and it just keeps going like that can we see a big donald trump fight for you know now oh god for yeah for, oh, for charity to go to trump's uh, <laughs> uh uh fake cancer kid charity last one guys and i think that this one might be a little obvious I don't know how much people know about this guy in terms of like what he's out there doing on Twitter. So um, the original Hellboy, the best Hellboy, at Ron Perlman. MAGA or no MAGA? 
Ooh, that would be disappointing if he's MAGA. So I'm going to go with no MAGA. Yeah, me too. And also, Dave, your hair kind of looks like his. <laughs> well, thank you very much. That your Jason. hair kind of looks like his. Um, <laughs> you're both saying no MAGA, and you're both correct. Yeah. At Ron Perlman. Oh, good. Good. Just good. the other day, I've hated having to call out inhumanity and indecency of these last four years. The assault on civility and the American way could only hurt as it did because of our inherent goodness. Today we correct course. God bless us all. I think that's a nice little note to finish us off yeah, on in terms of uh, celebrity MAGA or no MAGA. Really kind of the point, I like it. you know, that uh, he he summed up there is, you know, that that's how I felt yesterday. You know, I was like, God, this is what it feels like to be an American. I remember this feeling from, yeah. from a long time ago. <laughs> Dave, why don't you spare our guests the indignity of having to uh, promote himself and do it for us and tell us about awesome movie here. Well, Jason Harris and Josh Bell, film critic from here in Las Vegas, Jason's best buddy, they host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year that I produce, and they are about to enter their sixth season, this time on the films of 1984, and kicking it off uh, is the box office champ, Beverly Hills Cop, and we've got a lot of great uh, episodes coming up, and also... That'll be year. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy year. Um, but we just finished. That's I think up the, the my first year that I can remember in my brain right. that were my where I had object permanence and like my you know I was old enough to remember things. Was Ghostbusters eighty four yeah. or no? Sure was. Ghost, That's yeah. one of my earliest memories. It's like a four year old little kid sitting in a in a movie theater watching Ghostbusters and my parents realizing that it wasn't a kid's movie. That it was like the first scene, the, the terrifying uh, librarian. My mom mm-hmm. kind of like made a move to take me out of the movie theater, and my dad was like, "No, let him stay. He's got to see this shit." And it's like, "What? How really? old were you?" Four. Yeah. So Four. what? You know, every year we we uh, that we kind of dissect different themes come up, and um, I think a lot of people like 1984 because it was such a year for blockbusters. It pushed the entire idea of blockbusters forward. Um, Karate mm-hmm. Kid, Ghostbusters. Uh, Gremlins, there's so many, and Beverly Hills Cop, like we said, there's so many good ones. Stuff like Spinal Tap might not even make the cut on it because we have so, we're, we're going so deep. So um, it's a good, it's going to be a good season. The novelization of Karate Kid was the first chapter book I read when I was like six years old, like two years after the movie came out. <laughs> how, how was it? Uh, yeah, it was like two stars. I give it like two stars. <laughs> See the movie. Well, we're just covering the movie. <laughs> hey, a spoiler suggestion? Alert. How about this? Would it be that hard for you guys to read the novelization of every movie that you guys cover and then also have a companion review of the novelization in terms of like the I'll pros, go back to the first episode on Lion King and start and there. Get started there. Maybe I'll catch I'll catch up sometime. <laughs> We can have an after show hosted by the all rice, no beans lady. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Stephanie will be down, I'm sure. 